Hello, and thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. You can listen and subscribe to the show for free on Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Blog Talk Radio, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. For network or show information, visit BiteRadio.me. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for today's show. It's a tribute to our friend, Corinne DeWinter, who recently passed. Many of you knew Corinne DeWinter, and had, I had first heard about her uh, years ago on a blog talk radio show, Kathy's Distant Echoes. Um, and then certainly after that, uh, through listening to her show, Supernatural Radio, here on blog talk, um, and then also, Corrine contributed a caregiver story about her father, Lewis, uh, to my uh, heart and soul of caregiving book. It was a story that highlights um, people who have who are caregivers and um, you know what they learned and, and the essence of their their care receiver. In, in this case, it was her father. Um, and she also contributed a, a poem um, called "The Dream of Memory," which was in tribute to her um, father's Alzheimer's. So anyway, tonight's uh, show is just to share stories about how Corrine has affected your life. Um, I do have, I'm going to go ahead and start with, um, I did receive in the mail, uh, email, a tribute from Jeanette Walker. Um, and Jeanette um sent uh, an, an email, you know, submitting the, the poetry that she wrote um, to be read. And I just thought that it was just so fitting since uh, Corrine was very much into poetry. And I think uh, also Jeanette captured the essence of Corrine. So I'm going to go ahead and play that uh, tribute. Tears for Corrine by Jeanette Walker. She spoke the language of grief so well. Medusa-like angel. A 30-year-old poet I once knew long ago said of her loveliness. Her pacific smile. The eye of a needle. Her keen intuition and perception thread. Love without judgment. Underdog proclamations. She didn't want people to be lonely. Encouraging others to see their innate beauty and to not take life and love for granted on this brief pit stop before it's too late. Tears for Corrine, soul sister, seer, Shiva-like tendencies. Oh, her tender heart. Fiercely loyal to her family, both here and gone, her rock. Femme fatale, bottle-ear-like siren of the 90s music scene. Stylish retro fashion, art historian, Gothic, with her signature bleach-blonde, never-ending waterfall curls and luscious red lips. Broken-hearted by the world's pensions for inhumanity, she spoke of the human condition. She healed the human condition. Forever alms and homage to the suffering, she spoke her truth between the veils, always bringing subconscious to conscious, life to the dead, and unconscious mythopoetic murmurings. She 
She touched so many lives with her love. Bright, effervescence, twinkling stars, sun exploding, shooting, or shining too dim for their true essence, she could see. Magnificence she gave to us. She represented hope through a lifeline to face fear, the abject isolation and terror, the emotional tug-of-wars of the everyday. She knew the folly of forlorn lovers, Cupid's arrows and gargoyle target practice. She danced amongst the flowers, knowing each by name. Hummingbirds drank of her sweet nectar. Butterfly girl, once cocooned, metamorphosized, transmuted, alchemized. Stately goddess of the revelation, tear-jerking poetry in her laughter I still hear. The honesty of wanting an escape. Don't we all? A foot in each world. Yet she was more than the dichotomy. She was a weaver of stories. Images her canvas stretching far and wide. That Pacific smile again. Philanthropist, energy protector, purple plates. Clairvoyant mediumship, emotional supporter. On her terms, authentically herself, self-possessed, surrendering in prayer. Her life and words, a web of care, raw, elemental. And today, the droughted, sun-scorched earth, it's finally raining. Tears for Kareen. Her love eternal blesses us all on the spinning sphere we call home, where her body is no more. I will love, serve, dance, and sing, write and create and speak to my ancestors of the blessings they bestowed upon me, Kareen. You taught me well. That I knew such a beautiful soul Oh, the world you had to teach. Immortalized in your works of art. Yes, awakening Persephone. Farewell, poet priestess of the unbecoming. You left an unforgettable mark on this beleaguered world. Thank you. All right. Well, anyway, um, that was from Jeanette Walker. And... Um, when she first um, sent in the poem, um, she wasn't so sure about reading it. Um, but I have to say, when when I heard her voice and reading her work, it was just um, it's just wonderful. And I think that it really kind of captured the essence of of Kareen as well, who was very much into um, poetry and has had many awards for poetry. Um, so I uh, just want to let you know, if you want to call in and share a story of how Kareen had touched your life, um, maybe any particular funny stories or anything that was memorable, so uh, call in. The number is 619-789-4359. Okay, now... Um, I do have another uh, tribute that uh, was emailed, and um, it's from Elizabeth Blue, who is also in the chat room. So, hey, Elizabeth Blue, shout out to you. Thank you for sending this in. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and read it. Um, it says, I first met Corrine in, I think, 2006. I'm not sure of the exact year, in the parking lot of the Lizzie Borden house. The first first thing she said to me 
after our mutual friend Lisa Manetti introduced us, was something along the lines of a boisterous, oh my God, where are you from? I'm from Virginia, and she was referring to my southern accent. It turned into a joke between us ever since. I've always considered Corinne a friend, but we really got to know each other better, and I became closer friends when our friend Lisa was diagnosed with cancer. It's thanks to the two of them that I went from being an atheist to being very spiritual. Corinne, in particular, had a lot to do with that. She would talk with me for hours, answering my questions, and she inspired me to dig deeper and to learn more. She motivated me to begin developing my own psychic abilities and invent, invited me several times to join her on her radio show. I loved doing that with her, and we always had a great time. I am eternally grateful to Corrine for helping me grow spiritually, for encouraging me to start writing again, and for being such a wonderful friend. I miss her very much, but I know she's still with me, just as she is with all of her beloved family and friends. And thank you, Elizabeth Blue. So, uh, wonderful, Elizabeth. Um, you know, thank you for sharing that. And that seems, you know, from all the people I've talked to and I've looked at a lot of the comments uh, from her friends um, on the, the social media, um, it seemed that being that um, inspiration and that um, and that light um, was something that. Yeah, she she walked her walk with that. So, okay, everyone. Um, again, uh, if you would like to call in and share a story um, about your connection with Corrine, uh feel free to call in. The number is six one nine seven eight nine four three five nine, and um, be sure to press uh, the number one so that I know that. Uh, you want to come on and, and share some information. So um, we we do have it, someone on the line. So thank you for calling. So the person from the 323 area code, who's calling, please? Karen. Hey, Karen. Thanks for calling in. So tell us, um, how how... Did you know Corrine? What was your connection or any story about Corrine? Well, uh, I – where do I start? I was doing her um, – uh, the phone calls and the jewelry and everything else, but that was later. When I first met her, it was through another friend who had a radio show, and – uh, who was talking about Purple Plates, and I knew Ralph Bergstresser. He gave me my first plate in 1975 or so. Wow. And so I, when I heard about Corrine, I thought, oh, she's just copying, you know, she's a fake. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, uh -huh. then we actually talked and she I realized that she totally got Ralph. She never knew Ralph, but she was happy to to talk to someone who had known Ralph. And that was the beginning. That was like 
13 years ago, I think. And wow. we became good friends after that. I mean, that led to, you know, a lot of involvement with Purple Plates. And, and uh, we, you know, went to a few places together. And, you know, she was – there was something about her that was just ethereal. You know, she was not quite – uh, not quite real. She just wasn't <laughs> like a real person. She was, but I didn't. You know, it took me a while to really get that because so much of her was um, very down to earth. And the more I got to know her, the more I thought, wait a minute, she's just. <laughs> how can she do this? You know, she would just give things away all the time and and never seem to have any to, or to harbor any kind of resentment toward anyone and except for you know when people tried to cheat her and um that was about that was about it she was an amazing yeah. human yeah and, yeah, and it's still you, unreal you, you, to me yeah and it was it was i was surprised as well i think as many folks um, were, because, I mean, it was, you know, just shortly after, you know, a show, you know, and, and that's kind of what, you know, had me um, kind of grab my attention when, when I first heard. I went back to her last show with um, Ben Young and um, Vicky, and, uh, and they did start talking about that, you know, and, and the mutual friend passing and, you know, and, and inspiration, and it was just like, you know, it just struck me as like, wow, you know, very, very quick. Um, but, um, but it did seem like she had like her feet in different dimensions. To me, it seemed like different dimension. I mean, it was kind of like she's here, yeah, kind of like a yeah. <laughs> kind of like here and there, yeah. and you know, and then parts and and then the dimensions that you didn't have any familiarity with. It's like, oh, you know, that's different. You know, kind of, kind of a thing. That's very well said. Yes, I agree. She was uh, neither here nor there. <laughs> she was both places. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, um, I, I really appreciate you you calling in, um, Karen, and and uh, and sharing that. You know, and, and you know, most of you said you know for like thirteen years. You know, I, I've known her. She's probably my. This is my 13th year doing the show, so it was shortly before that. So it was probably about 14 or 15 that I had known her. So, but um, yeah, it's kind of surprising. But I, anything else you want to share? Or? Uh, not that I can think of. There was just okay. there was so much. She always was. You know, we both through uh, Renee tried to. Um, contact Ralph and Tesla and, you know, it was, you know, it was kind of like an eye-rolling thing for me sometimes, <laughs> even though I do believe that stuff, it's still, and uh -huh. <laughs> still kind of, whoa, I don't know, and, but it was, she was so much fun, you know? Yes. 
She was just so yeah, much and fun, that, and she. Yeah. I'm sorry. What? I would say and that, you know, that particular aspect of having fun, you know, and living life is, is so important. I've, you know, come across a lot of guests lately who have just talked about, you know, one of them was about the trickster and their whole, you know, meaning of, of existence is just to have fun, you know, and, um, and we, you know, we, with, with some kind of challenging times, it's sometimes, uh, difficult. You know, to, to not only um, allow ourselves the time to have fun, but actually go through with it and let loose. Yes. Well, thank well, you for okay. letting me talk. Thank and, you. Um, yeah, thank I you for doing it. the show. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, Karen. I appreciate you calling in. Okay, everyone. Um, I do want to welcome all of those new in the chat room. Uh, thank you for joining us on today's show, which is a tribute to Corrine to Winter. And again, uh, if you would like to call in and share in uh, your um, uh, story about Corrine, how Corrine touched your life, um, just any kind of uh, story you'd like to share, uh, you can call in at 619-789-4359. Okay, everyone. Um, so, uh, don't have everybody in the queue, but I, I do want to um, welcome everybody to the chat room. Um, I see Mama D. Um, I haven't seen Mama D in a very long time, and, and also uh, Carrie. Um, good, good to see you too. And uh, Red Gypsy as well. Boy, um, some uh, screen names I haven't seen in a very long time. But anyway. Um, Mama Deep wrote um, in the chat room, um, there is so much to say about Corrine, but it's difficult to put into words. Uh, Corrine was a very big heart, and that she made you feel like you were the focus of conversation. She listened and heard you, which is a rarity these days. And that is the truth. Um, yeah, both a rarity, and that was very much um, a large part. Of, uh, of the essence of, of Corrine. And um, like uh, Karen just said earlier, sometimes uh, she would, um, I wouldn't say test the limit, but she would, she would do things that would make people wonder what was going on. Um, but it was all in the, um, in the search, you know, for truth, um, for, for honesty, and, and for a wider perspective. So anyway. Um, you know, that was, you know, very much uh, Korean. Hi, good to see you. Um, I'm surprised we haven't any callers either. <laughs> so, but um, anyway, feel free to call in. Um, the number is 619-789-4359. And um, Red Gypsy, I appreciate you sharing um, the, the link in the Oracle group, Nightshade Oracle group. I appreciate that very much. And, um, again, if, if you want to um, uh, find out more about Corrine, uh, check out her website, CorrineTheWinner.com. And on that website, uh, she, you know, gives attention to her poetry as well as um, her art. And so that uh, that is uh, something that you definitely want to go ahead and try. Now, um, I did mention that Kareem uh, contributed a, um, a story about the Father Lewis, but also a a, uh, a poem or a prose or a piece. Uh, 
you know, to to the book, and it was called, um, let's see here, A Dream of Memory. And um, I'm going to go ahead and read that. Um, again, this was Poets Contributed to the Caregiver book. <clears throat> Alzheimer's. Just that renowned foreign-sounding name makes many people pause or indeed shudder. And sadly, it is the sixth leading cause of death in the USA today. It, unfortunately, has become all too common, with cases rising upwards of 55% in the last few years alone. Sooner or later, at least one in nine of us will have to face dealing with this dreaded disease. Today, right now, I'm going to address this and tell you why it is a thing not to be feared or dreaded, even though everything you've likely heard leans toward those beliefs. When my mom died in 2008, my father, who had always been the healthiest person in our family, started failing in memory. After 50 years of being held together with my mom, this didn't exactly come as a surprise. Now that he had no one to look after or share his life with, he was lost. He even made the statement on the day that she died, now I am just waiting to die. And it did not take long, indeed, for him to begin losing his faculties. Over the course of eight years, we watched him, at first forgetting simple things like where he placed his keys, and over time he could no longer eat or swallow or walk without assistance. It seemed to happen slowly but it was quick enough not to be able to get used to his state at any particular point as it progressed. Now, when this began, my sisters and brothers and I had heard warnings from others who had gone through this. Just wait until he starts hitting you and yelling at you for no reason. We listened to these warnings from others with great apprehension. As my dad had never so much as even swore or held animosity toward anyone in our lives as far as we knew. We waited for what we believed was inevitable, but it never arrived, gratefully. Even though the awful events of my dad not being able to move or eat peacefully, he never ever got nasty. He was graceful and peaceful and thankful throughout every challenge he was faced with, and even though it was outside of his physical being at the time, I believe. But was the kind grace that was my dad. We were fortunate to be sure in this grace. Yes, it was not easy having the patience and understanding and skills needed to care for a man failing and all the physical aspects of living. But we knew day one that that we did not, never wanted to place him in a nursing home among strangers. I know a lot of people had or having, excuse me, <clears throat> I know that a lot of people are facing this would have felt that they had no other choice. And I cannot speak to the relationships that others have with their loved ones or who are suffering from Alzheimer's. But personally, I made a vow never to put my dad in a nursing home, no matter how tough it got. This wasn't a simple thing to do. I needed to help. I, I needed help. Caregivers who had the ability to care and friends who lent a hand in whatever way they could, and by the grace of God, I found them and received help. 
It did not happen on the first day or even the second try, very long search, for the right people to come in and help. Yes, lots of money was spent on these trials. I often wonder how I had the funds to carry this out, but I believe that it was through my constant prayers to do so. And more on subsequent helpers. But looking back now, almost two years after my dad's passing, it was all worth it and I would do it all again if I had the chance. Let me tell you a little bit about what dealing with an Alzheimer's patient like my dad was like. Of course, it's different for everyone, and I cannot exactly address what you might be experiencing with your loved one. I'm at the kitchen table at dinner, and my dad has a very well cut up meal in front of him, which is necessary because he cannot swallow easily and often chokes on small bits of food. He looks toward the window and says, I see Corrine out there. I am Corrine, and I'm sitting right next to him, but I say, what is Corrine doing? She's with her boyfriend, he replies. Oh, I respond, it's okay. I do not say, I am Corrine, I am sitting next to you, or in question what he is saying or seeing. I understand he has seen things in a different dimension. Perhaps in another dimension, I am with my boyfriend outside of his place. We cannot question what Alzheimer's patients are seeing or, or, or seeing. No, we cannot. In the first place, we are dimensions. There are other dimensions going on around us, and I expect many people reading this will have not, will, will not have the handle on realizing this or accepting this. When you are dealing with a loved one with dementia or Alzheimer's, please do not try to argue with them or admonish them for what they are saying or seeing. That is not helpful. Go with the flow. What harm is it for you to carry on a conversation about what you cannot see? Meet with your loved one where they are and not where you are. It must take back, you must, that must take a back seat you being understanding and loving in the moment. A few weeks before my dad died, we were carrying him from his wheelchair to his bed. Not an easy thing to do when limbs are stiff and almost every touch leaves a bruise on the skin that may, over time, become open or infected. But I would make jokes and roll with it as best as I could. That particular night, once we were once we had gotten him into bed, my dad suddenly said, they found my dad. Of course, his dad had passed many years before in 1986. I said, where did they find him? He didn't answer. Inside, I knew that it was a presage to what was soon to come. They, I imagined, were the spirits of loved ones, and they had brought his dad to him at some point in his netherworld. My dad spoke, too, about what he saw in the window. It was not a manicured lawn of apartment complexes where he lived. It was tall trees and a forest. I asked a lot of questions of him, but most went unanswered. I wanted to know his world as it was in those moments. If you're going through this little love one right now, please, above all, learn patience. Nothing happens very fast when a person has Alzheimer's. You will see that as you go along, but 
it is absolutely okay. Slow down a bit, at least for their sake. Nothing is worth trying to rush through when love is involved. Think about it this way. If you value who you are as a person, then you must, by extension, value the people that give you life. I know that some of you may not have had a great relationship with your parents, aunt or grandparents, etc., but please find a way to look past that and realize that you are not that you are not doing the right thing or being loyal for the sake of payback or any sort of reward. You're doing it because it is the right thing to do. Even without rewards or pageantry or good karma, you are doing it doing it because it matters. And in your heart and soul, it matters more than anywhere else. Do it with kindness and love and, and patience. You can spare that when in this world, it is you who makes things change and the world changes around you for the better. So, anyway, that was um, her contribution. Um, her uh you know, to the, to the book, and it was about, um, a dream, it's called The Dream of a Memory. Okay, folks, um, let's see here. Um, I still don't have anybody in the queue, so if you want to call in and share, um, the number is 619-789-4359, and what I'm going to go ahead and do, um, and hopefully we'll have someone in the queue by then, um, is read the um, story that Corrine um, wrote um, about, about being a caregiver for her father and, and like uh, Red Gypsy said in the chat room that she did a wonderful job of looking after her dad and that was um, a very um, important um, uh, thing for her. It was something that she felt very strongly about and making sure that she, <coughs> she, she provided good care for her father. So anyway, um, that particular, she, she named the piece, this particular piece called, it was called Confronting the Dragon. Um, almost directly on the heels of my mother's sad passing, my father began to succumb to the effects of Alzheimer's disease. Dementia, they called it, just as nasty a word as Alzheimer's has come to be. I mentioned earlier concerning my mother's demeanor in her battle with opiates, how it must have looked a lot like Alzheimer's. And looking back on that now, it's sadly ironic that my father, my dad, would be stricken with the same kind of Neverland disease. If you've never, if you've had a parent or loved one go through this, um, I don't have to explain the absolute heartbreak and sorrow of watching this happen to a person's mind. We are all made up of memories, after all. A person's life is constructed of memories and time. So, what happens when we begin to lose our memories, our sense of time and purpose in this world? What you are, well, excuse me, uh, but you are still breathing, half aware, wandering like a ghost in your former life. To watch this happening to my father, an inventive, creative, and caring man who worked hard all his life to take care of his wife and five children has been nearly unbearable. I tried to block it out as much as I could, 
but I knew I had to come to terms with it. Understand that for some unknown reason, this has to play out. This of dried palm in the vague shapes of crosses, not, excuse me, um, this of dried palm in the vague shape of crosses, not the tightly woven crosses that he had always produced. His losing, his losing of his faculties, his memory, and his dignity. How does a child, even as an adult, deal with watching this cruel thing happen? It's an impossible sadness. There is no answer in this world. It, it just is. To watch my mom go through the, what she did and to experience what my dad is subject to with his affliction, you've got to know and believe a few things in order not to crumble. I can admonish myself and say, this life, not always a piece of cake. This is life, not always a piece of cake. Okay, I can tell myself to take into my heart that his remaining days, the days where he still knows who I am and can still sing along to old rock and roll songs, are good enough for the moment. They're, they are a treasure. The biggest treasure is yet to come. He will live again and be as clear as spring day, and all of the confusion and sorrow will be a little cloud that has meandered away in the sky. Upon reflection after my dad's death, the word, the word caregiver cannot quite express the full magnitude and weight of what it is to care for an alien loved one. When I took care of my dad, that caregiving became more and more intense as the years went on, finally culminating in an almost impossible mission of doing what was necessary for his well-being. Still, I did not want to put him in a nursing home and refused to do so, and thankfully I was able to do so until the very end. I remember a friend said she hadn't wanted to be a caregiver to her own dad because she couldn't bear to see her father naked. Secretly, I admonished her for that small, insignificant sentiment. But who am I to judge? There was never a hesitation for me to perform any duty where my dad was concerned. Yes, at times it was not pretty. It was messy and frustrating and sad as hell. But it was also a feeling, a beautiful feeling of giving back to a man who had loved me and taken care of my whole family so loyally during his lifetime. It was really the least that I could have done. I know not everyone had the same relationship with their dad as I was fortunate to have, and I often wonder if I would have done the same with a difficult father. In the caregiving of my father, I was taught patience, gratitude, and absolute meaning of unconditional love. My father, unknowingly, was teaching me a huge lesson about what truly matters in our existence here on earth. He taught me in my life about enduring faith, and it truly was applied in those very difficult moments. Up until the last few days of my dad's life, I could still get him to laugh, and he never, ever forgot my name, although I was warned by others that he most certainly would. I was fortunate indeed. 
I will forever be grateful for having had the opportunity to show my father the love he always showed me and for the undying lessons he continues to weave into my being. And um, she, uh, anyway, that was that was her contribution. And I just, you know, rereading that, um, it just kind of reinforces, you know, the essence of, of who Kareem was. And I do want to thank um, the, the people when um, for sharing the, the link to the show in various areas. Um, let's see. The uh, for let's, let's see. KKOK about the dream of memory, etc. Does not show up anywhere yet. Um, I Queen contributed that to the caregiving book I had. I can, um, if you contact me offline um, at bitewaitingme at aol.com, I can uh, get you a, a copy of that. Um, and then let's see, uh, Red Gypsy and um, says, and then when her sister died, she was there for the kids. I feel like she and her sister were deeply connected because she surprisingly followed her sister shortly thereafter. Um, yeah, uh, boy, that's um. Thank you for sharing that. See, you know, I didn't know that's you know that's the thing that I've um, been learning more and more. I mean, I again, as I mentioned, I knew Corrine from back in the uh, Kathy's disinfected days, which is a, a few of the folks in the chat room now don't know that. Uh, that so very well, um, but uh, you know, back you know, back from from that day is kind of when when I knew her, and um, so and and I would do sometimes on the supernatural show, but uh, see, this particular time period is usually not my uh, preferred time of day. Um, but um, she, you know, when it came time for learning more about Corrine, you know, after she passed, you know, all the people were sharing stories, um, you know, as, as far as, you know, how she touched everyone's lives. Anyway, and they were consistent, you know, they, they were, it was uh, a generous, um, loving, supportive, imaginative, energetic, uh, quirky, you know, and those, I think, were some of the, the things that I had, I had read, so... Okay, everyone, I appreciate you showing up here and sharing this space with us tonight um, in tribute to Corrine, um, someone we've uh, really enjoyed who's touched our lives in various ways. Um, I do want to uh, remind you, if you want to go back, you know, the one thing about doing these podcasts is you can go back and uh, listen in, you know, kind of... Uh, We've got a record, and Corrine has a very long record of, of shows and interactions with people. Um, so definitely check those out. You know, keep her alive in your thoughts. And um, so if anyone else doesn't have anything else to share, I'm going to go ahead and, and uh, you know, close, close the show. Um, again, I don't have uh, any additional uh, music to play or um, – no one to talk to. <laughs> so anyway, but anyway, thanks everybody. Uh, I appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. 
Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Blog Talk Radio, Amazon Music, and Audible. To follow our show on any of those platforms, visit ByteRadio.me and select the one you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ByteRadioMe. Until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch.